0: Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. According to the Gospel, Matthew 5, 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Do we believe that? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You know, maybe Jesus was just trying to give hope because the people of his day were very downcast. They were very downhearted. Maybe he was just trying to cheer them up. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit because these people had nothing. Well, they lived in a situation where it was might makes right. The Roman government was ruthless. They did whatever they wanted to do. Might makes right. So how could the meek possibly inherit the earth? Like the humility principle, this is a paradox. This is a strange idea, strange concept. For a number of weeks, we've been looking at the humility principle, which is all who exalt themselves will be humble, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Today, we're going to look at this idea that we must become meek to inherit the earth. We must become meek to live a life of oneness with God. In his book, The Transcendent Life, Reverend Jim Roseburgy tells us, meekness is a worthy companion of humility, for together they enable us to live a life full of oneness with God. In fact, they promise such a life. Well, I had to ask myself, what does it mean? What is meekness? And so I looked it up. And what we know is... Meekness is not weakness. The dictionary defines meek as, to be humbly, patient, and gentle, even when provoked. To be humbly, patient, and gentle, even when provoked. You know, I had a coworker once. She was a lovely woman. She was patient. She was quiet. She laughed easily. She was soft-spoken. You know, she listened more than she spoke, and she didn't argue with people. Was she weak? Well, when I got to know her a little bit better and found out that she had a black belt in martial arts, (laughs) I wouldn't say that she was weak. I might call her meek, but see, she had a history of having a bad temper, a little hothead she was, And she got herself into some trouble sometimes. And so she decided she better learn self-defense, because she was provoking some pretty big people. (laughs) And then what she also got from the experience was not just self-defense, but self-discipline. The self-discipline of martial arts caused a profound change in this woman's way of being in the world. She became quietly confident because she knew her own power now. She didn't need to go around shouting how big and powerful I am and picking fights with people. She became meek, she became humbly, patient and gentle even when provoked. And the working environment that we lived in was quite, it it could provoke a saint. So she was doing quite well. (laughs) When we have confidence in our own inner strength We don't need to make a big show of our outer strength, right? When we know that God is the only power in our lives and in the universe, and we have quiet confidence in that power, we are meek. We are mild. We're mild-mannered because our life flows from an awareness of God. Our life flows from an awareness of God, from our own faculty, our spiritual faculty of strength. So does might make right, or do the meek inherit the earth? Which way is it? Well, to answer that question, it helps me to understand some of the principles that are just running in the background underlying the way the universe operates. And the powerful law of attraction is one that you will hear me talk about over and over again. That which is like itself is drawn. That which is like unto itself is drawn. Because everything has its own vibrational point of attraction. One example of this I'll use is bullying. What's the vibration of bullying? Are bullies full of love and bravery? No, bullies are coming from that vibration of fear. They're coming from that vibration. They have to exalt themselves. They have to prove how strong and bad they are so that other people won't even try to challenge them. They come out with a good offense because they think it makes a good defense. And the only problem with that vibration of fear and bullying is there's always going to be a bigger, better bully. There's always going to be somebody else that comes along and says, well, if you're a big, bad bully, I'm a big, bad bully because that which is like unto itself is drawn. So bullies will find themselves sooner or later needing to learn some martial arts (laughs) or they're going to get beat down. Sooner or later, they are humbled. The vibration of bullying is not a vibration that I want to live in. And if bullies really understood what they're doing, they might change their ways. The interesting thing is when bullies make the mistake of thinking meekness is weakness. They do that because they really cannot comprehend what it means to be meek or to have humility. They really just don't get it. So the meek and humble one says to the bully, all I have is love for you. What do you have for me? All I have is love for you. What do you have for me? My friend with the black belt knew that literally, she could kill with her bare hands. She knew that, she knew she had that strength and she had a greater strength. She was strong enough to choose loving kindness in all of her interactions. And that was her point of attraction. She attracted into her life kind, loving people. She didn't have to argue with people. No one brought her arguments. They brought her discussions. You know, it was a different energy altogether. Regardless of how people acted towards her, she came to them with loving kindness. All I have is love for you is a statement that flows from an awareness of God. It flows from awareness of our spiritual strength, our true nature. Well, this is Palm Sunday, and we get to look at how Jesus moved through his life and the experiences that he had this week, this holy week, is the week that he went back into Jerusalem, knowing that the authorities were looking for him, knowing that he would probably be arrested, knowing that he would face some kind of a trial. He went anyway. Jesus was aware of his oneness with God. So there he was. He had been arrested, betrayed. He stood in front of Pilate, and this was a man who could sentence him to death with a word, easily. And Jesus was not afraid Jesus was not weak. He didn't defend himself, but he wasn't weak. He knew that ultimately, Pilate had no real power. Ultimately, God, the loving Father, was the only power in Jesus's life. It's the only power. So that even if they destroyed his body temple, they could not destroy him. Jesus believed in resurrection. Jesus believed in the resurrecting power of God. Death could not hold him. They could destroy his body and he would rebuild that temple in three days. You know, the Hebrew people did not know that there was life after death before Jesus came and taught this. They did not know that. They thought that when you died, that was the end of you. He came with a powerful message to share with all of humanity. Life does not end with physical death the ones who betrayed him, arrested him, tried him, convicted him, crucified him, they were simply playing a role. They were playing a very important role in humankind's great awakening to our divine nature, our eternal oneness with God. He could stand calmly before Pilate, aware of God's presence, God's peace, God's strength, because Jesus knew true power. Now, I'm not convinced that when Jesus started this journey, that he knew where it was going to lead. I'm not convinced of that, but he had a message to share. He had a message. What he did know for certain was God's continuous, loving, supportive presence. Jesus was meek because God was his strength. Jesus was meek because God was his strength. In Rosemary's own words, Pilate gave the order for Jesus to be lifted up and placed on a cross, but the presence, with a capital P, the presence, lifted Jesus above all pain and human strife. So this week before Easter is the week that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, not as a great king, but as a humble teacher. Did he know that he was gonna be crucified? As I thought about that, I thought, have you ever done something that you didn't want to do, but there was a push inside of you that said, just do it, just go ahead and do it anyway, do this. Maybe you knew that if you did it, it would cost you a friendship. Maybe you knew that if you did it, it might cost you a job. Maybe even it's signing up to go into the military and you know that it could cost you your life. But that feeling, that urge, that desire to take that action And to follow that inner guidance just wouldn't leave you alone. Did you ever know that feeling? We can push it away. We can ignore that guidance, or we can humble ourselves, listen to that internal spiritual guidance within us, become humbly patient and gentle. Spirit within us is meek. God is meekness. say that because God doesn't force us to do anything. God doesn't ever use force to make us do anything. Spirit, God listens to our heart's desires, says yes, and then starts lining things up and makes a way for it to happen. God makes the way. And then God says, come this way. Come this way, beloved. This is the way. And something appears, or a conversation happens, and a door opens. And so you can follow that guidance. We can follow that guidance. And we can move towards our heart's desires. Or maybe we decide to resist the pathway that opens before us. And I know nobody in here would ever resist a pathway that opens before us. But you know, it's okay if we do, because there'll be another. As long as we still have that desire. Spirit will open another way. God will make a way and invite us, call us to come forward. And sometimes we say no because we're afraid. Jesus knew what he wanted, and he knew why he wanted it. He wanted to bring this message to the world this message of God as loving father, the kingdom of God is within you, that life is eternal, that we're eternal beings. He wanted to bring this message. And just before he was to be arrested, scripture tells us that he grieved. He became grieved and agitated. He knew that following his inner guidance might cost him his life, so he went apart to pray. And he said, my father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me. Not what I want, but what you want. Jesus humbled himself. He released all resistance to the way that God had made for him. This is the way that God had made for his message to get to all humanity. And then Jesus made the choice to go forward. And we get to make choices, too, in our lives. You know, one part of the creative process, our part of the creative process, is to know what we want and to know why we want it. And then we get to let spirit, God, the universe, whatever name we have for God, we get to let spirit figure out the hows. Sometimes the how isn't quite what we expected. Sometimes it's not what we had in mind. But one thing is certain. The humility principle is operating in the background. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Our work is to remain conscious of God's present, to have an attitude of expectation, of expectation we're looking for and open to spiritual opportunities that are gonna come to us. We get to be humbly patient, and sometimes that's the hard part, to be patient and willing to follow our inner guidance You know, our guidance always takes us where we want to go. And how we get there depends on the overall vibration that we are offering. Depends on the overall vibration of what we are offering. What does that mean? Does anybody know what that means? I'll do my best to explain it. (laughs) Mother Teresa said, I was once asked why I don't participate in anti-war demonstrations. I said, I will never do that, but as soon as you have a pro-peace rally, I'll be there. Mother Teresa understood. Mahatma Gandhi said, there are many causes that I am prepared to die for, but no causes that I am prepared to kill for. Gandhi understood. As Jesus stood before Pilate, He was prepared to die for his cause, but he wasn't prepared to kill for it. The disciples and the the masses, they thought that he was going to be the king, the Messiah, the one who would set up a worldly kingdom, and they would have fought for his cause. They were ready to die for it, but Jesus was not ready to kill and to get into a fight and to have a battle. He was humble and he was meek. He knew that his cause wasn't about worldly power. He knew his oneness with God and he wanted others to know that oneness with God as well. The kingdom of God is within you. So when we want to know our oneness with God, to find that kingdom of God within, for God to come alive in us as love, as peace, as joy, as plenty, we will also become humble and meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We inherit the earth, which is not earthly possessions. Although we can have earthly possessions as well. There's no rule against that, it can be kind of fun. But we can inherit the earth, that means gaining mastery over our own lives, over our own experiences. (laughs) Because God comes alive in us. So to understand that energy, how important it is to offer a vibration of peace, of love, of joy. Because when we put that out, that's what we get back. That's that vibrational offering. It's not cause and effect exactly. It's we are light and we are love. And when we offer light and love, that's what comes back to us. The simplest explanation that I've ever heard is if I walk up to someone and put out my hand and I go to shake it here, even if it's a tall person, they will reach down and meet my hand here. They will meet that vibration where I am. If I walk up to someone and I raise my hand and say, please, it's good to meet you, they will raise their hand to where my hand is. That's the vibration that we offer. If we offer a low vibration of bullying and fighting and fear, we will be met with that vibration. If we offer a vibration of, I am willing to die for this but not to kill for this. I am willing to be the presence of love in every circumstance which Jesus was. I am willing to be that presence of love. That's the vibration. That's where we live That's what we'll attract back, in general, over time. And sometimes the time is shorter, and sometimes it's longer, but it works itself out. It's a spiritual law. We inherit the earth. We inherit the ability to create, because we are creative creations creating. That's what God is, that's what we are. We have this amazing power and ability to move through this earth, consciously creating our lives because God comes alive in us. Humble and meek people are the strong who know the strength of God, the wise who know the wisdom of God, the living who know that their life is of God. Meekness and humility are necessary conditions for a conscious oneness with God. In fact, they promise it, they promise it. So when we are humble and meek, God comes alive in us. We're no longer limited by the conditions around us. We live the transcendent life. Like my friend who knew martial arts, she realized her strength. We realize that God is the source of our strength. We become the gentle masters of our own lives. We quietly and courageously stand in our truth, knowing that as we're following our inner guidance, whatever happens, whatever it looks like, God means it for good. God will use it for good. We remember our eternal spiritual nature. And with spirit moving in and through and as us, we can create whatever we want in our lives. And it just doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. So there are a lot of places in our lives that we're being called to stand in this truth, to stand in our truth, not to fight and not to run and not even to take sides with those who are fighting. We don't need to take sides with the people in this world who are caught up in those vibrations of fight or flight or anger or fear. We can stand in our truth, in conscious oneness with God every day. We can listen to the truth of our own inner guidance. So this week I invite you to bring your truth into every discussion, every place where there's disagreement. Bring your inner guidance, bring your sense of knowing what really is right and true for you. And we can begin this by asking yourself, who am I being in this situation? Who am I being? Am I being the presence and power of God? Or am I being my ego and I'm getting caught up in stuff again? Become humble and meek and remember your strength, your wisdom, your compassion, is of God, and then in the quiet of your own mind, even while you're standing there in a situation that's not really pleasant, ask, ask, quietly in your own mind for Spirit's guidance. What should I say here? What would be the best way to approach this? And you will be answered, and then act upon the guidance that leads you to compassion, to peace, to joy, And as you do, it will probably bring the other person to compassion and peace and joy too. That's that like vibration. If it doesn't, you bless them and you step away because you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. You just can't convince some people. So you just give it your best and step away and bless them because wherever they are on their spiritual journey is where they are. And if God can't make them listen, what makes us think we can make them listen? You know, it's not worth the argument sometimes. Having said all of this, you know, once we say yes to God coming alive in us, as it was for Jesus, the next step is a crucifixion. It can often be a crucifixion. And that doesn't mean that we're going to all go out and die on a cross. That was Jesus' example. What that means is that we get to cross out all of the error thoughts, all of the incorrect beliefs, all of the things that we believed up till now that aren't serving us very well. We get to cross them out. These things have been holding us back, and the angels around you will come up to you and show you what they are in an argument with you or something else, and then you'll know, oh, I still believe that. I heard it came out of my own mouth. And so you step back and prepare yourself for those crucifixion experiences, knowing that God is right there with you and within you and will exalt you through the experience. You see, it's a win-win situation because what we get from it is conscious oneness with God. So I'll invite you to come to the Good Friday service if you would be Willing to do that, because we're going to talk about the crucifixion experiences then, and we're going to get a chance to go within our own hearts. Part of it will be a guided meditation, and we'll get a chance to look at what our own crucifixion experiences might be. The bottom line is, when we are humble and meek, God comes alive in us. So today is Palm Sunday. This is Holy Week. This is the time we get to celebrate Jesus' return to Jerusalem. He was celebrated as a king, but he came in humbly on the back of a young donkey. He would soon be arrested, brought before the Roman authorities, given a mock trial, and sentenced. But you know, he knew his oneness with God, and soon everyone would know. The power of God was alive in Jesus, and I believe that we're each being called to stand in our truth, whatever that looks like in our individual lives to stand in that truth, to become humble, to be meek, to allow God to come alive in us. And when we do, when we stand in our truth, we will inherit the earth. We become masters of our own lives. Thank you, and God bless you.